0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers, the show where we dig a little bit deeper to understand what really matters most in business. I'm your host, Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at Pine Hill Group. Today, my guest happens to be a colleague of mine. I'm pleased to welcome Bill Andreoni, who's also a senior director at Pine Hill Group. Bill, welcome to the program. Pleasure
1: to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Bill, tell our viewers a little about Bill Andreoni. Who are you?
1: Sure. Sure. So I uh, I started my career uh, with Ernst and Young, uh, big four accounting firm. Um, decided to get into accounting and just business in general because it was a really exciting time to really enter that market. So uh, while I was in university, uh, Socks was just coming out. Uh, there were a lot of transformations happening in the uh, in the world of accounting. So. Um, I thought, you know, that's the path I want to go down. So much of my last uh, eight, nine, ten years of my career has been focused on looking at the regulatory climate, the financial climate, things that are new, things that are emerging, things that are that are really complicated that no one's really addressed before is what really excites me. And that's what I tend to gravitate towards.
0: Nice. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Pine Hill Group. Sure. So, Uh, I'd say in our area, Pine Hill is a really well-known name, certainly in the deal community the ecosystem Mm -hmm. involved in transactions. But for our viewers who are watching probably out of the local market, tell tell them about who Pine Hill is and what do they do.
1: Sure. So Pine Hill is a accounting advisory firm. Um, We're about 10 years young, 10 years old, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, Our firm did start based out of Philadelphia. We've recently opened up a New Jersey as well as a New York location. Um, Our services uh, are often easily best defined as things that we don't do so as an accounting advisory firm We don't do audits and we don't do taxes Um, The things that we do and I think we do very very well are technical accounting financial reporting Um, We've got a great valuation group Um, We also help clients with transaction advisory so things such as buy side sell side due diligence Just getting companies ready for merger and acquisition type activity Um, And there's a lot of miscellaneous things. There's a lot of sand between the rocks between there, but those are sort of a lot of the the core services that we focus on.
0: Right. So one of the things that I'm asked pretty regularly is how are you different from an accounting firm? Sure. How would you respond to that question?
1: Sure. I think it's our people, um, pure and simple. I think that if you look at the talent that we're able to attract, the talent that we're able to... Uh, retain and certainly deploy to our clients is really what distinguishes us from a lot of our peers and our competitors. Um, A lot of our folks come from big four or even regional accounting backgrounds. They've sort of spent their time, paid paid their, uh, uh, their, their due here with some of the big four firms and with some of the regional firms and making sure that they really got that requisite experience. Um, A lot of them then subsequently went into private. So they served as controllers, as CFOs, other types of C-suites. Really got to see both sides of the table, both on the, you know, what I'll call the external auditor side as well as the private side. Um, So many of our folks that really we deploy out to clients have, you know, 15, 20 years experience. They've seen both sides. Um, I think most importantly, beyond the hard technical skills, our, our people really have a unique ability to empathize and really have compassion for our clients, just the positions they're in. Many times when Pine Hill gets called in, it's not due to you know, um, uh, what I'll call a long-term project where there's plenty of time to get things done. There's usually a fire drill. There's usually an urgent matter. There's, there's a complex
0: issue, um, and that's really what we, we, we thrive in high-stakes, high-stress, yeah. and that's where we thrive. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I would just add one other thing as I as I think about it and I talk about what we do, there's this holistic component, right? right? So when you think about the transaction world, when you've got uh, accounting advisory, uh, transaction advisory, valuation sure. advisory, it's all holistic and it's all connected <clears throat> and related to the yeah. transaction.
1: Absolutely. I, I do think that's one of the other very unique things about us is that when we, when we go to a client, often we may get called to do financial reporting, we may get called to do valuation, maybe there's an emerging standard like RevRec releases. But oftentimes, like you said, those things are connected. If you're doing a lease implementation, perhaps you have to leverage the valuation group. If you're doing a buy-side, sell-side due diligence project, you learn that there's a new emerging standard that's critical to the acquisition and you need to bring in the emerging standards team. So it's great that our team can kind of interact and connect in that capacity.
0: Yeah, so fair to say that clients get the benefit of a synergistic environment because there, it is all connected.
1: Absolutely, very synergistic, very holistic as you defined it. Um, you know, just a, a one-size, or excuse me, just a, a holistic approach.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we were talking before we got seated here today about what accounting really means today. Yeah, yeah. Um, share your thoughts if you would please with the audience. What What is accounting <clears throat> today? Has, yeah. What does accounting mean to you? I love this question. Um, it's It's
1: actually a question
0: that we've, we've had a lot
1: of dialogue about both within the firm and, and with our clients. And again, I would define it by what it's not. Um, I think historically, if you look back 10, 15, 20 years ago, Accountants were thought as you know, folks that were involved in compliance, folks that did taxes, um, individuals that really understood the debits and credits behind transactions. But a lot of that was retrospective. A lot of that was looking back, rear view mirror. Uh, I think a lot of what accounting is today is more proactive or prospective. It's, it's about planning. It's about strategic um, understanding of a company, just really looking at the transactions that are occurring and you know, where they need to pivot or where they need to adjust their model. Um, so a lot of what you know, accounting is today, it's certainly still the debits and credits, it's still compliance, it's still financial reporting, but I think it's more about operational optimization. How do we make the business better at what it does?
0: So when you think about the the types of things that you do and who you serve, a lot of complexity involved. Mm-hmm. Hard for CFOs <clears throat> to stay on top of every possible thing. Talk a little bit, if you would please, about. The- the kinds of complex problems that you address.
1: Sure. Um, I think most recently, maybe the example I'll use is most recently there there were a few uh, emerging standards that came out. Um, revenue recognition, leases, there's now one uh, for credit losses for a lot of financial institutions. And these are all radically new changes. These are not things that you could look to, you know, someone's resume or experience and say, well, this person has a lot of this industry experience, or this person's worked in purchase accounting or financial reporting for 10-15 years, so they, they have their, the required experience. It was all new. A lot of what was out there for years and years, hundreds and hundreds of pages of guidance, just kind of all went aside. So what Pine Hill sort of positioned itself to do was really become an expert in an area that no one else was an expert in. Um, So these new emerging standards, REVREC, leases, credit losses, really understanding it, dedicating the required time, and also understanding that because we've moved away from a rules-based environment, it's all principles-based, there's a lot of judgment, there's a lot of assumption really putting ourselves in a position to understand the business, understand the industries, and again, help help companies with the comply with these new rules.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the process, if you will? How do you get involved with the client? Sure. How do you help? I mean, are you on-site 24-7, how does that sure. work? What's it look like?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of our, our client engagement, typically we love to uh, be on-site with clients. I think it's important to have that um, that live uh, interaction. Um, certainly technology's great, there's other ways to interact with clients, but our preference is always to be live. Um, what we ultimately uh, designed was what we called a four-phase approach. So when we deploy our teams out to help clients, whether it be with financial reporting, an emerging standard, or a transaction advisory service, we take a four-phase approach. We really, phase one is we really get to know the client's discovery, understand the client, understand the circumstance, understand their transactions. Again, not just the debits and credits, not just the accounting standard, but how do you operate as a business? Um, phase two then being, okay, let's, let's implement the, the new standard, let's implement the financial reporting, do whatever it takes to, uh, to get the project complete. Um, phase three is then sort of the, the ongoing. It's saying, okay, now that we've, we've complied with this new standard, um, how do we set you up so that when Pine Hill does step away, when we're not on site anymore, Um, or maybe there's not as frequent of an interaction, how do we make sure that you're set up to succeed? So again, I think that's one of the things that distinguishes us is we make sure that certainly we put you in a good position when we're doing the project, but we wanna make sure that when Pine Hill steps away, you have all the tools, all the technology, all the process, procedures, controls, you need to be successful on an ongoing basis
0: and just to be clear you're not competing with the accounting firm per se you're helping you're you're an adjunct to them and helping the client achieve their objectives
1: i think that's a great point it's it's more of a complementary service i think that um the way we sort of view ourselves is if there's uh, a large client in let's say the pharmaceutical industry and they have an external auditor could be a big four firm could be a regional firm Um, typically that firm has its its role you know it needs to audit the books and records and needs to make sure the financials are properly represented where pine hill comes in is we're sort of a bridge between that external auditor and the client themselves Um, so we view ourselves as an extension of clients management um, but we also see ourselves as a partner or collaborator with the audit firm to make sure that everyone's sort
0: of connected everyone's communicating effectively everyone's you know getting to the finish line good point of clarification mm-hmm. so i imagine there's folks in our audience who would want to know how to contact you uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: sure best way to get in touch with me um, you can certainly reach me via email uh, w a n d r e o n i at pinehill.com um, and certainly I'm always available via my phone, 267-221-6889,
0: and I welcome anyone reaching out. Right, awesome, and you can also find more about the firm and yourself and our colleagues at pinehill.com. Correct, correct, this is a
1: great new website. We actually just went through a, a very significant rebranding exercise, as you know, um, so I definitely welcome everyone checking out the new website and a lot of the new material and content we have I'll on there.
0: we only have just about a minute or so before we gotta go to break. Do you wanna just talk a little bit about the rebrand? Uh, what that means, what it it looks like, what the logo refresh is about?
1: Sure, sure. So I think a lot of, you know, the spirit of the rebranding was, again, we're, we're 10 years young. We don't view ourselves as 10 years old. We're 10 years young. Um, But we've come a long way, and I think what happened over the course of the last two years is we really started to develop the Pine Hill way. Um, Pine Hill way meaning, again, bringing these different groups together, bringing a process, procedure, just a a, a framework or design to to the market. Um, So a lot of the rebranding was just sort of a refresh and saying, listen, we're going to take this to the next level. Um, You know, we certainly want to create awareness outside of the Philadelphia market alone. Um, so it was really just to kind of take it to the next level
0: very good we've got to take a pause mm-hmm. we're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back and behind the numbers with bill Andreoni. don't go anywhere confusing and complicated process help is just a phone call away eight five six two two six forty eight hundred as a licensed insurance agent i'll assist you in making an informed and confident decision on a medicare plan that meets your needs lifestyle, and budget. Call me today for a free, no obligation, Medicare benefits consultation, 856-226-4800. When did you see the sign?
1: When I needed to create a better visitor experience.
0: Improve our workflow. Attract new customers. That's when Fast Signs recommended Fleet Graphics. Yeah, now business is rolling in. Get started at FastSigns.com.
1: What do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe a musician, a veterinarian, maybe an equestrian, a mommy? Well, why not be all these things and more? Consider joining me, Dr. V, with friends and colleagues as we explore a wide range of topics together is for variety, here on RVN TV. There you go, Richard. Oh! Is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Woo! We're playing catch now. <clears throat> oh, shit. <laughs> there
0: you go, so we're, we're not audio yet, I know we're coming back. Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers, I'm Dave Bookbinder of Pine Hill Group. Today my guest is a colleague of mine, Bill Andrioni of Pine Hill Group. And we're now at the part of the program where we do something called the bottom line where my <clears> guests get to offer tips, tricks, key takeaways, if you will, uh, of thoughts of theirs. And Bill, uh, would you like to share your bottom line thoughts with our audience Sure.
1: Today? Sure, as I mentioned earlier, um, when you think about accounting, when you think about compliance, when you think about you know, any of the, the technical accounting financial matters, you know what, what it really all comes down to is having compassion, empathy for the company for the individuals that you're dealing with and and what i mean by that is i think all too often people focus on the hard technical aspects so what happened what's the new standard what am i required to do what's the time frame what are the milestones what are the deadlines they're all very very important things um i don't want to discount the value of those things but i think what you know requires the most focus and i know what what myself and my colleagues and certainly pine hill in general focuses on is just really spending the time up front with the client to understand what, where are you frustrated, where are the issues, um, really asking a lot of the, the why, as you and I have talked about many times. So not so much the what, what is happening, what needs to get done, when does it need to get done, but but why, why are we doing this? And thinking more broadly and prospectively, again, not just, okay, there's a new accounting standard, there's a new uh, concept that the company needs to react to or comply with, it's really asking, okay, so why did this happen, what does it mean to the client, um how do we need to think about this more future state than current state meaning current state let's let's get over the uh, the milestone let's get through the project future state being more okay well if we really think about where the company's going its customers the way it generates revenue just the way it operates in general how do we really need to think through all that so A lot of it is just coming bringing it back to the human element, right? Just bringing it back to compassion and and empathy.
0: So I heard a couple things in there, right? So one I heard, um, I think you alluded to the idea that it's more than just numbers, you're going behind the numbers. Yes. Cheap pop for the program. (laughs) Um, But I also heard things like empathy and compassion, which are are things you don't typically hear in the context of a discussion around technical accounting. Um, And I know you're an enlightened guy and Mm -hmm. I know you're super passionate about what you do. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna ask you this. your why? What's what's your why? Why do you get yeah. out that every morning?
1: Yeah, um, I, I just you know certainly I I love the relationships you know the the clients that we we interact with um, you know even even the folks that we don't end up engaging with you know for one reason or another maybe there's there's not a need or maybe it wasn't a, a good fit I just I really love interacting with people and I love forming those relationships and I think what we find is you know everything is is very long term. Um, you know, the, the folks that you're dealing with for an immediate project, um, maybe you're proposing a new service, maybe you're talking about a new accounting matter. You know, there might not be an immediate need there, but, but longer term, it's amazing how connected everybody ultimately becomes. So it's a very small world that we operate in and I just think it's important to, you know, certainly again, there's value in the hard technical stuff, but really remaining focused on just that human element, just having compassion, understanding, you know, understanding this person's perspective. Maybe someone just resigned at that firm and they're stressed not about how am I going to get my financial statements done, but they're more stressed about just why does this keep happening? You know, is there, is there a larger problem within the firm? Just, you know, just really taking that time. And that time always pays dividends tenfold. Yeah, it I always think, does.
0: As you know, I think Bob Berg put it best. Right? People do business with and refer business to people that they know, like, and trust. That's right. So uh, the start with why, of course, is a Simon Sinek thing. Uh, And so we talked about your why, and that's really cool. Now I'm going to take you from the why to the what. And on the website, it it talks about you being responsible for client service methodology, among Mm -hmm. other things. What is client service methodology, and and why is that important?
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's ever evolving. Um, I don't think there's ever sort of a clear depiction of this is the way we approach every single project or every single type of endeavor. But I think generally speaking, the framework that we've designed is again, that four phased methodology that I mentioned earlier, which is certainly discovery, design, evaluation, implementation, ongoing. That's the easy part. When I think client methodology, it goes beyond the scope of kind of the steps and the phases that we do. It's also, our client methodology is again, getting in front of the client, making sure that when we have phone call, excuse me, when we have interactions, it's not just a phone call. It's it's not a WebEx. Um, it's, It's live and it's in person. Just showing clients that we're going that extra step and it's important to us that we have those live interactions. So I think you know, complementing the four phases, complementing sort of the framework that we've designed, it's really that methodology of it's very important to us to get in front of people and again have those interactions.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and you're bringing empathy and compassion, and that, that's got to count for something, right? So yeah. if you're at a client company and you're in transaction mode, it's critical time, right? The stakes are high, stress is high, deadline pressure, all kinds mm-hmm. of pressure from various constituents. Yeah. And you're um, a voice of reason, calm in the storm. I,
1: I, I think that's one of the value propositions that we, we certainly want to um, believe we offer. And I think that, you know, as I think back to last year, there was, uh, there was a time during February, March, the, the typical, what I'll call CPA busy season, and one of the co- uh, clients called me up and said, you know, every day um, when I show up, Pine Hill's here, and every day I leave, Pine Hill's here. Um, so just being the first one in, the last one out, um, <clears throat> being the individual that makes themselves constantly available, um, even if there's not what I'll call like a, a full day's worth of work there, just being present. Um, being mindful, just being aware of what's going on, just being part of the process, I think that holds a lot of value for clients. So it's just those little things that we try to focus on, being the first one in, being the last one out, you know, just, just really showing that we're mindful of the client's needs, we're, we're mindful that they may not need us every second of every day, but that moment they need us at one thirty
0: in the afternoon, we're there. <clears throat> So one of the other things it talks about uh, in terms of your responsibilities on the website is the accounting standard compliance. Mm-hmm. You alluded to two of them that are kind of the hot button issues yeah. of the day, but you know, bigger picture, talk about accounting standard compliance, what that means and why that really matters. Yeah,
1: certainly. And, and I think um, if you think about, again, looking past, I guess over the last decade, 10 years, there's been more change to the accounting and financial climate, regulatory climate, financial climate than ever before. Um, FASB's been busy. Um, FASB and the AISB, uh, which is the International Accounting Standard, you know, they've been trying to converge their efforts and trying to give a more holistic, consistent approach to the way the companies report. Um, again, what that ultimately means is there's a lot of complexity. Um, A lot of the rules and prescriptiveness that existed before doesn't anymore. It's a lot of principles-based judgment assumption. So again, coming full circle back to when you get out there and you have to think about the new environment, you have to comply with the new standards, whether it be RevRec, leases, uh, CESOL, or just a new financial reporting matter. Again, it's not just what is the standard? Check the box. It's in our financial statements. It's really understanding. Okay, so w- why are we being asked this, and what is, what are the regulators and the accounting set, standard setters asking for, and what's going to be of value to our investors? Um, so when they think about what's going to make its way into the financial statements, certainly you have you know the needs of what FASB is asking for, what the SEC is looking for, et cetera. But often what our clients ask is, and what we encourage our clients to ask is again, what's going to be of value to the stakeholders of the financials, right? What what do you need to have in there that um, is certainly going to help them make a sound decision around their
0: investment with the company. Right. You mentioned a little piece of jargon here I'm gonna ask you to clean up. You mentioned mm-hmm. the term sea salt. Yep. There may be some folks who are watching who <coughs> think you now you're alluding to a cooking <laughs> show or something. Just, yeah. Would you just define what that C- is? Sea salt, sorry, it's uh, accounting lingo. Accountants have a lot of uh, acronyms that
1: we use and we, oh, yeah. we get all too often, uh, we get used to using that. So uh, credit losses is one of the, the new accounting standards um, and without getting into uh, all the semantics, uh, it's a standard that's going to go live in the next year or so, depending on if you're a private or public company. And what it's requiring is just that where you set up these allowances for things, you know, different types of instruments debt, et cetera, that you may not collect. They're asking you to just think more intelligently about that up front. You know, what what is collectible, what's not collectible, how are we going to report that? So, yes, CECL, is
0: C-E-C-L, not Fair CECL. Fair Yep. So, again... Tell folks how they can contact you if they'd like to learn more about Pine Hill or Bill Andreoni.
1: Sure, sure. Um, certainly, you're you're welcome to come to our website as I mentioned. Um, you know, www.pinehill.com. Uh, welcome everyone. Um, certainly, checking out the new brand, the new website. There's a lot of thought leadership on there available. Um, and uh, welcome you contacting me directly at w That's a n d r e o n i at pinehill.com and or my cell two 267- six seven Two two 6889 I'm a very compassionate and, uh, you know, um, uh, involved empathetic. person and <laughs> empathetic. So, you know, there's, there's no time you can reach out
0: to me early, late, weekend, weekday. Um, I welcome anyone reaching out. <laughs> very good. Thank you. So in your discussion of Sea Salt, you alluded to public company, private company. Spend a, a minute or two and talk a little bit about um, the differences between working with public companies and private companies. Yeah, yeah, and th- there are a couple of fundamental key differences. Um,
1: the simple ones are, are typically the timing in which uh, companies have to comply with, with new standards and existing standards. Um, a lot of it, too, is just the comprehension. Uh, a public company um, has certain uh, requirements that the SEC asks for. Uh, they're certainly subject to reviews and comment letters. So there's a lot more comprehension to dealing with a public company. There's a lot more frequency in the reporting. They have quarterly, they have annual reports. Um, they have investors to answer to, they have boards to answer to, they've audit committees to answer to. So as one can imagine, um, certainly they have to comply with standards earlier, but they also have a lot more comprehension behind what they do. Private companies is, is a very interesting um, concept. And I would say that you know we work with a handful of private companies that Typically, um, you know, may have been operating as a private company for two, three, four years, but they're pre-IPO now. They're thinking about how do I become a public company? Um, How do I get myself um, in a state where my financial statements, my operations, my control environment is ready to go public? So a lot of the private companies that we work with actually um, have asked us to kind of help them make that migration from the private to the public. And it's a huge endeavor. There's there's a lot of work there,
0: a lot of work. So I think we've only got about two minutes to go in the program here. Time certainly flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. But w- where do you, you find your clients typically go wrong, if you will? Are, are there differences in terms of the public-private, or is there an underlying theme that's that's true across the board? I, I You know, I... I may be oversimplifying here, but I think a lot of it just comes down
1: to communication and time management. Um, things don't go wrong because someone misunderstood a new accounting standard. Um, things don't necessarily go wrong because um, you know maybe someone has a different interpretation of something. Oftentimes what happens is I think clients are just so busy anymore, they're just so yeah. busy and there's you know there's a lot of talent on the market there's a lot of great CPAs and accountants and financial analysts on the market but there's just not enough and i think what happens is as the regulators and the standard setters add more and more to everyone's plate it seems like every quarter every year there's just so much to do and there's just not enough time to do it so what we try to emphasize for a lot of our clients and what i try to emphasize with a lot of our teams is Project management, it has to be at the forefront. You you have to really understand what it means to be an effective project manager, to think through tasks, milestones, timing, interactions, correlations. So project management, I think, it's always been an important concept, but I think as we move forward, whether you're talking about accounting, financial reporting, any of those types of matters, I think project management is gonna kind of become the nucleus. Everything's gonna kind of gravitate around that. And when should they be thinking about reaching out to you? this afternoon, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it's, again, you know, whether it's the new emerging standards or it's um, you know some perpetual financial reporting that you're doing, um, again, it's, it's, it's not gonna go away. It's, it's here to stay. Uh, if it's something you haven't thought about, you haven't addressed, or even if it's just a contingency plan, you know what, I think I have it all under control. But quite frankly, um, anything could happen. You know, Someone could leave the firm, there could be a shift, there could be a merger, there could be an acquisition. You know, Always just kind of plan ahead. So I would say, just keep talking about it. Full circle back to the first two minutes of this. Just communicate, keep talking,
0: understand what's going on. Yeah, it's all about planning, right? <clears throat> Hope isn't a strategy, you've got to have a plan. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> so very, very well said. Yeah. Uh, do you also support private equity
1: firms? We do, we do. Uh, we do a fair amount of work with private equity firms, um, and certainly a lot of the, the portfolio companies that they work within. Um, again, whether it's on the transaction side, financial reporting side, um, some of the firms, again, recently, while uh, I would say technical accounting is not always at the forefront of their concerns, it's more cash flow related, etc. A lot of those firms do look to us to help them understand the standards, and certainly from a valuation perspective, they want to look at different um, concepts
0: there and just really make sure they're in a good position. So you're again a strategic partner working hand in hand with the client and their other advisors, advisors to achieve their objectives and
1: it's, it's rare that anyone ever needs assistance with a singular matter being a technical accounting evaluation matter uh, transaction financial reporting it's typically one thing leads to another so it's usually again that that sort of group concept and the, the beauty of the way that we're designed and, and the way that our methodology has been deployed in our approach is that we have sort of each of those
0: services to help you out Right. And you're working mostly with CFOs when you're inside an organization?
1: Yes. um, It depends on the size and scale um, and even the the industry. But I would say in many
0: cases, it's the controller uh, or the CFO. Yeah, very good. Unfortunately, our time is up for the day. So I want to thank Bill Andreoni of Pine Hill Group for being my guest today. I'm Dave Bookbinder of Pine Hill Group. uh, And see you next week on Behind the Numbers. Rowan College at Gloucester County low cost the number one nursing program in all of New Jersey more than seventy programs of study including selective admissions with record enrollment a premier partnership with Rowan University transfer options with numerous universities four-year degree options on our campus Rowan College at Gloucester County now you're thinking